Welcome to History of Medicine, Fact or Fiction. I'm your host, Laura Rogers. And I am your co-host, Chance Rogers. Welcome to episode three. Um, in episode two, we kind of talked about, well, episode one, we talked about how nursing became a profession and, and the history of it. Um, last episode, we talked about um, Chance's profession, um, how paramedics came about and I, I don't know about you guys, but there's a whole lot of that that I never would have imagined, you know, paramedics, you know, yeah, how it, was, it started. It was a lot more involved, but a lot younger yeah. than people think. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so today we're just going to kind of go on um, like a, not really a comparison of our two, but we do interact in our professions. Oh, yeah. Um, throughout the day, whether they're bringing a patient to the ER or straight, um, what's called a direct admit straight to the floor or ICU. We've actually interacted together on the job with the same patient. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times before I'm bringing them in and she was there to meet me to help with the patient or she was sending the patient out and I was the one picking it up. Yeah. Um, so it happens a lot. It does. Um, so, so this this episode, we're just more going to kind of talk about what we do, what a typical day or or what our job really entails. There'll be a lot of comparisons. There'll be a lot of differences. And it's really kind of sort of a conversation between us as well, right. kind of talking from the different sides it is, of it as well, because there is also there it's. There's a lot of animosity sometimes. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of competition. It's kind of like a a rivalry a bit. And unnecessary. Absolutely rivalry. unnecessary. And and if you caught on the last episode when he talked about um, the difference between, you know, paramedics that they were quote on the same level as nurses, and I said more. I'm in on their side. Um, the things that they do um, far surpass what nurses. Now, I'm not saying, I don't think there should be a comparison because what we do, yeah. completely different. Even Absolutely. in the emergency room. Absolutely. Like he said, pre-medicine, he is, before you get to the hospital, we take over from there. So yeah. there should not be a comparison between right. the two. But there is, there is a licensure equivalent and that's throughout all medicine right. there are equivalents to licensures because there's actually laws that this is another thing that people don't realize that there are laws that i have to abide to i cannot i have to have permission from somebody to be able to do anything to assess them to anything consent if not it is assault and battery a they have to willingly come with me to the hospital if not it is kidnapping it is false imprisonment if i forcibly take a patient from their home to the hospital now there are ways around it there are ways you can do it obviously if the patient isn't all there mentally something is wrong and they and and they aren't able to make their own decisions and we we decide that and it's an understood all over it's not just like we decide oh I don't think this patient can make decisions because of this, because I just thought of it. Instead, it's more of a standardized way that all of medicine assesses what we call mental capacity. 
and the mental capacity to make medical decisions. It is called alert and oriented. There are four stages of alert and oriented. There's alert to self. Do you know your name? Perfect. There's alert to time. Do you know what year it is? What day it is? Alert to place. Where are we right now? And alert to event. Uh, mostly people ask who the president is. Whenever I get to that older population, I kind of don't ask who the president is just because really when you start getting 99 100 years old <laughs> I, I i've noticed that a lot of them that they just don't care at that point they're right. like i honestly have no idea who the president is because i you know they don't care yeah uh, uh but we'll ask something to kind of what i'll do a lot too is i'll ask you know what holiday is coming up or what holiday did we just have or what season is what it season of year you know, it is or what kind of facility yeah. are you in yeah you know because they may not know their look like where they're at but there we can say yeah. like are where you in are a... you right now in the back of an ambulance good you Perfect. you have enough uh you have enough mental capacity the, to actually recognize what's around the situation you. that's enough uh, a lot of times too we'll ask uh, kind of trick questions and it really one that we use a lot, one that I use a lot is how many quarters are in $1.50. That's something most people should know. <laughs> you know, you may have to think about it, but how many quarters make $1.50? If you can answer that, then I then you're pretty mentally competent in that area, in the event area. There's also one that we ask a lot, is Mickey Mouse a cat or a dog? It's a mouse. Exactly. It's kind of a trick question. Yeah, it is a trick. <laughs> and it does make you stop and think. Okay, <laughs> yes, it well, does. Let's see. Uh, yes, it does. It's kind Goofy of one of those. It's a dog, right? <laughs> it's kind Pluto of one of those. Pluto is a dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those tricks there. But if you have a patient who can answer that right, you're like, okay, you're ANO times five. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> but ANO times four is what we say. Anything less than that, and you are considered altered. Yeah. and you're not able to make your own medical decisions. Still, we there's a very legal gray point there. So a lot of times we will have the police come and they have something called EOD, which is emergency detainment. They can basically take that patient into their custody for long enough to get them to the hospital. And then after that, release them from custody. They're not being arrested or anything, but they're basically, the police is saying, we're taking you into custody so that you can get the medical treatment that you need. Then they bring them to us, they release custody, and then we're trying to go through staffing and see where we can show. pull a tech <laughs> or somebody to sit with that patient because they are <clears throat> altered and don't know where they're at and they're pulling at lines and jumping out of bed. And yeah. You know, yeah. A vicious cycle. Yep. But another one of those laws is neglect or abandonment. If I were to have a patient and I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to take care of you. Obviously that's neglect and I can get in trouble for that. Or if I just leave patient at a scene that needed to go to the hospital and wanted to go to the hospital, that's abandonment. Well, another part of that is I have to, once I get on scene, out in the field, I am the highest level of care there is there. 
on on scene there are high, there are obviously higher levels of care than i am but in that moment on that scene i'm in charge and i'm the highest level of care of course if a doctor was there and they decided you know they wanted to take over the scene which doesn't normally happen normally they're like no 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 you do what you do i don't want to take you responsibility do, do. <laughs> yeah but they obviously could but when i'm there as the paramedic i'm in charge especially since i am the transporting medic so that is a difference that you'll see a lot in private ems ones that aren't ran by fire services ones that are ran by fire services you don't really have that kind of issue but with me, I work in privatized EMS and I have fire who comes on scene with me and they assist me. Most places in the country, most fire are EMS and paramedics now. And a lot of places are pushing to try and at least get them all up to an advanced EMS or EMT, just kind of your middle ground or getting them to paramedics. So that's why whenever you call an ambulance, sometimes you see firemen there with us. They're there to assist us. They're there to help us, kind of give us an extra hand. But me, since I'm the transporting medic, it doesn't matter who they are. They could be the chief of their battalion. I don't care. I'm in charge. The reason is not because I'm better than them, uh, not because I know more than them. No, none of those reasons. The big reason is I'm taking responsibility. I'm the one putting this patient in the back of my ambulance. And if something happens, it's not on them. It's not on the firemen who are there to help us. It's on me. And so that's why what I say goes. It's more of a responsibility thing than it is a control thing. There are paramedics who quite aren't like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fighting between paramedics and firemen as well. That's definitely some sibling rivalry going on there. But I, I truly appreciate my firemen. I when they're on scene, I love it. You know, they are so, so helpful. A lot of times I just love having somebody that I can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just me and an EMT. So like you're not out there alone. Yes. And, yeah. and there are a lot of great EMTs, but as licensed legally, they can only do so much. Exactly. And their knowledge base is only so much. It's just like a nurse and a tech. I mean, exactly. we can't do our job without a nurse tech. Yeah. They're the ones that do our vital signs, our blood sugars, yep. you know, they do so much. Um, however, I can't say, Hey, go hang that antibiotic or go, right. you know, not even to mess with the IV pumps because technically that is not in their scope of practice. Right. So right. it's, and it's the kind of the same kind of thing. But I always like it, especially these critical calls when I see fire on scene and I know that there are some paramedics there because I'm like, great, there's somebody I can bounce ideas off of, you know? Um, I guess we kind of got into another tangent again. Yeah, we like to You're, do that. We do that a lot. I'm I'm <laughs> sorry. I hope it's not too difficult to follow. But, we do that in family events too. So. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but back to where we were going is... It is neglect for us to leave our patient with anybody less licensed than us. So I can't leave my patient with an EMT. That is abandonment. If I were to, you know, say, and I don't mean like my EMT I, on scene, I'm still on scene. I'm not relinquishing care to them. They are assisting me in the care. And so, that's a bit different, but if I were to send it to a 
just leave the EMT by themselves and I bounce, that's abandonment because they are a lower licensure than I am. So that's where those licensure equivalents kind of come into. And that's what allows me to leave my patient with an RN because we are equal licensure. I'm allowed to transfer care to them. And so, but the big, the big difference between us though, is what we do. I am very skill-based. My job is very skill-based. We have a lot more knowledge than people think. We have to go through a lot of schooling, go through a lot of clinicals, uh, normally about six, 800 hours of clinicals, as well as a 13 month, at least 11 to 13 month school period. And that's not including the normal six months or so to be an EMT, because you have to be an EMT first before you can become a paramedic. And so when, like on, when I talked about nursing and the nursing program and stuff, you know, I talked about the different levels, you know, we've got an LPN and there, there are a lot of clinical base, mm -hmm. your associate's degree, <clears throat> same way. Um, so RNs, they have more education needs than a paramedic, yeah. but a paramedic is based a lot. Their schooling is based a lot on the clinical aspect of it, being out in the field and of that, the, the further education of nurses is more um, schoolwork based and, and pharmacological and, you know, those different things, dosage calculation and, yeah. you know, just a bunch of like, you know, I don't know, yeah. just your basic classes yeah. that you have to take to get that. And degree. I mean, yeah. And I mean, we have we have drug calculations and all that as mm -hmm. well. Uh, the big difference, though, is nurses are trained a lot more in pharmacology and in medicine we do have a one semester you have to take pharmacology yeah. and whereas we are trained a lot in pharmacology don't get me wrong and we're trained a lot in a lot of the same things that nurses are trained in but we aren't specialized in those things we are specialized in the medications that we can give and we are given a basic knowledge of the medications that we can't just so that we can know kind of know what the nurses are doing and what our patient is on but you're not gonna I'm not going to need a medication that's going to take four hours to hang to, you know, become effective because I'm not going to be with my patient for four hours. You're not giving Pepsi. And no, antibiotics. no. So, and here's exactly. the other thing. A paramedic is not a degree program. It's they, it's a certificate. Unfortunately, a I wish it was it, because I, it really, it, but because nursing is in a degree program, we have to have, humanities and all of that, which yeah. he's now having to get to go to med school. But, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, that that's what is the difference between a 13. You yeah, know, we're 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 still considered more of a licensure and a trade, which which nursing was for a long time as well, up until probably what, about 20 years ago or so oh, that it really started actually having degrees. They had a diploma degree back in like the 60s yeah. and 70s. But beyond that, I think is when it, because um, um, Connie was a diploma degree. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And so it, she didn't actually have. But I mean, even then, even still to, I think like up to like 10 years ago, you can still get uh, licensure go to a nursing school and not actually have a degree. Just your licensed practical nurses. Oh, was it that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's it. But your uh, RNs have to. Your RNs have, yeah, they're a degree yeah, program. A degree so, program. Yeah. And there are, there are some EMS degree programs out there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. There's a really, really good one 
in oh i can't remember the name right now it is it was actually the very first college or very first place to start training paramedics uh-huh. and emts and it is now considered the top emt and paramedic school and it is degree based oh, wow. there there is uh you can get an associate's degree in paramedicine i could have actually done that if i if i wanted to it would have been there there were ways that i could have done it pretty easily they would have just transferred over my credits and i would have had an associates in paramedicine would it make any more money no isn't that crazy that's just crazy no no um same with mercy it yeah. doesn't there are different places out there that do offer it's called a it's called tier based mm-hmm. and no it's not it's Nice line and making things up. I know, right? <laughs> no, uh, it's it's basically kind of like a, a stepping scale where the more training you have, the more money you get paid. Not all services are like that, but there are some services out there. If you have an associate or a bachelor's, you get more money. If you have your EMS instructor license, which is a license that you have to go and get as well, just to be able to teach it, uh, you can. We have that like a clinical adder, and there's certain yeah. things you have to do. Yeah. And, yep. <clears throat> yeah. So. But so that that's really one of the big differences between nursing and and EMS. But we really we work together, or we should work together. I, I think for the most part, um, they do. <clears throat> you know, it's the times that I don't know they bring a patient in and they didn't get an IV, and now we're rushing around to try to get an IV, and you know. But I mean. It, they, they may have yes. been like just five minutes away. Yeah. And... Or also, <clears throat> um, there there's a lot of bits like this that's just knowledge that we're taught and rules that we have to follow that they don't even know about and vice versa. So any treatment done in the field, even in the back of the ambulance, is not considered sterile, including an IV. So an IV is not considered sterile in the back of an ambulance, whereas it would be considered sterile in a hospital and could be left on the patient for a week, upwards of a week. For us, any IV started outside of the hospital has to be removed and replaced within 24 hours. That's another, that's another reason to, if the patient doesn't need an IV, if we're not actively going to give them any medication, we're not going to start an IV. A lot of times we do to help our nurse friends out. I, I know it makes their life easier. And so if I know that they're going to be doing something and I know it's, you know, a patient that say they just need blood work done on this patient and I don't, I don't foresee the patient being admitted or anything like that. Uh, a lot of times I'll start an IV to just kind of help them out. But that that is another big reason of why we don't. If we're not going to push medications, we're not going to introduce germs into that patient if we can prevent it. But we do have a lot of training in IVs, more a lot more than nurses do. We actually have set hours set aside that we have to go to clinicals where our job for you know two three shifts is just to start ivs that's all our job is is to start iv on an on every single patient that needs it that comes into the hospital 12 hour shifts we start ivs and so we that's have a lot those of paramedics are always when they're coming through their er rotation yep. like do you need an iv do you yep. need an iv because we also have to have 
a certain amount of successful IVs. I had to have 100 successful IVs before I was able to graduate. Do you know that I was a nurse for almost 10 years before I started my first IV? Seriously? Yeah, we had a, um, in the hospitals, a lot of the hospitals have a vascular team and mm -hmm. that's what they do. And they start yeah. IVs. Um, when I went to work that. pediatrics, so my first IV start was on a when kid. I was on a kid. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, mm -mm. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And so we, we have a lot of training when it comes to that. I think that's good. But there's, there's also a lot on my side that paramedics don't understand when it comes to the nurses as well. Uh, they're, you know, names slung a lot, ambulance driver, doctor helper, you know, but our job is a lot more than that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think, you know, I have a different respect because, you know, of course my son is a paramedic and I have friends that are, you know, in different areas of the field. And so listening to them talk, it's really kind of, um, you know, gap the, you know, the bridge between the two. Um, I have a, um, a friend that is like a supervisor in one of the ambulance services. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <coughs> sorry. <laughs> and, and, you know, he will talk and let, you know, say, Hey, why are we, you know, having to wait on beds or whatever. So I think Ooh, that kind of helps. I think that kind of helps us to understand. And then in with that, I really talk to the, my nurses on the floors. Hey, we really need to get these patients, these discharge patients out because with an ambulance waiting in the ER for an ER bed, that's one truck that's not on the field. And what if that is your grandpa that is having a heart attack and there's a delay and get him to the hospital and he dies. Right. So, so it's really, we all have got to start working together Absolutely. and respect what each other do. Yeah. yeah. So, cause there's, you know, there, obviously I was raised by a nurse. I uh, used to spend nights up at the hospital with her when I was young. So I have seen a lot of it. There's a lot that nurses do behind the scenes as well. Uh, pretty much the doctor writes the orders and the nurses fulfill it. So everything in between from the doctor coming in, saying hi, and then, you know, coming in again, all those times in between are filled with the nurses drawing blood, sending it off to the labs, doing all of these things, fulfilling all of these orders that the doctors have given. There's a lot that nurses do and charting. Charting is a huge part of that process too. And it is time consuming. When I did my cardiovascular intensive care clinicals, charting was 85% of it. You know, they had mm -hmm. to put exactly what they did when they did all of that. And we have to do that as well, but not to that extent. It doesn't take quite as long. So there's, there's, be, be nice to your nurses. Be, if you haven't seen your nurse for, let's say you're in an emergency room or you're in the hospital and you haven't seen your nurse for a while, it's not because they're ignoring you normally. Normally. <laughs> normally. It's, they have a lot of work to do and they have a lot of patience, especially nowadays. So there's, there is a whole lot behind the scenes that nurses do that they don't get the credit for. And, and I think medicine in general, people, and, and that's part of the reason I really wanted to start this podcast is I think if we can get the public to understand 
the medical field, um, I think there is a lot of mistrust with the medical profession. Yeah. Some of it founded, some of it not. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to learn in what all goes into it. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, with the public learning more about every, all the different aspects of medicine, um, you know, might kind of make their stay in a hospital or if they're having to be picked up by an EMS, mm -hmm. then, you know, they understand it a little bit better. So yeah. that's, that's the hopes. And yeah. And here also, I'm kind of going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Understand what these things are there for. When it comes to an ambulance, an ambulance is not an Uber to the hospital. <laughs> we are not a medical Uber. We are licensed medical professionals. The back of an ambulance is an ER. We have everything in the back of the ambulance that they keep stocked in an emergency room. We have the same capabilities outside of your extraneous stuff like CTs and all of that stuff. We have right. the same capabilities in the back of an ambulance. We're not there because you stubbed your toe. Or you need a, one hospital won't do what you do. So you call an EMS to go to another hospital. And that's a big thing too. That is. We hear a lot. Well, they didn't do anything for me. Yeah. That means that there wasn't anything to do for you. Here's a thing that I think America needs to hear. Your emergency room is not at your doctor's office. Your emergency physicians are not your primary care. They can't be. The job of an emergency room is to make sure that you are not dying, is to provide life-saving emergency care, and that's it. They make sure that you are not dying from there, it has to be taken by your primary care. So, an urgent care. There mm -hmm. are more urgent oh, cares yeah. in a city than there are hospitals. Oh, absolutely. So, your your basic stuff. You know, of course, you're having chest pain. You know, trouble breathing. Go to go, the ER. Call an ambulance. You know, those are things that you don't want to mess around with. Right, but but you don't. You know, just because you've had a cough for a couple of days, you don't want to go right. to the ER. Please go to an urgent care. Yeah, or your primary care yeah. physician. Urgent care is a great way to use in the interim between seeing your primary care. Because yeah. I know sometimes it can be hard to get an appointment in. Urgent cares are great. And also the great thing about urgent cares, they have nurses, they have doctors, they have PAs, all of that. Mm -hmm. They're basically like a freestanding ER. If there's anything that they can't do, and if they feel like you need to go to the hospital, trust me, they will call us. Yes. <laughs> do not think that they will not call you an ambulance if they think you know need to go to the hospital. They will call us. And apparently, if you are at an urgent care and they want to send you by ambulance and you think you can drive yourself, you don't have to go by ambulance, right? No, you do not. I did not know that, but yep. no, I found you that not. out. <laughs> no. no, you have the right to refuse. You have the right to say no. And it feels really stupid when you're in the back of an ambulance and you're okay and you don't think you need to go, but... You know, and there's, not everybody there's, thinks that way. Everybody, there are some legalities that go into yeah. it as well, you know, all of that, which I understand. But I do have to admit that it can get annoying. Let's say the urgent care is literally across the street from the hospital and they're calling <laughs> you to take the patient in. And it's like, seriously. But 
all that aside, there are times where that's absolutely warranted. And something that I've seen a lot too is the people who need to go to an urgent care go to the emergency room. And the people who need to go to the emergency room go to an urgent care. We need we need to flip this, people. Right? We need to switch this. Like we said before, chest pain, trouble breathing, anything like that, go to the emergency room. Because I guarantee you the urgent care will send you right there. Yeah. But especially chest pain. Oh yeah, that's something not to be messed with. <laughs> but, and that don't mean because you you know you stubbed your toe, you're going to go into an ER and and say you got chest pain just because you think you're going to get seen sooner. No, it's, those are the things that are backing up our ERs to the point that we cannot treat people on the street that need the help. And our ambulance systems. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have this misguided idea that if you go in by an ambulance, you're going to be seen faster. I have taken many, many, many people straight into the emergency or straight into the waiting room. Yep. It is based off of a triage system. The only difference is patients by brought in by ambulance are triaged by two medical personnel, the nurse and the paramedic. That's, that's really it. I've taken many people to the waiting room. They are going to do the exact same thing in the waiting room that they would do to a patient brought in by the ambulance. They are going to triage and assess them the exact same way. Yeah, they will do the exact same thing in the waiting room that they would do in an emergency room. They're going to triage you the same way. They are going to assess you the same way. And people get seen based off of their level of care required. So the people who are more life-threatening will be seen first. And it could be really annoying to people who came in and have been waiting for four hours and people have been just coming right through. Well, that's probably because what they have is a lot worse than what you have. A lot of times that's might be a good sign that you could probably go to an urgent care and get it done in 45 minutes. And that's another thing too. People go into the hospital and complain that they've waited for six hours in the waiting room. You would have been done in home if you had just gone to an urgent care. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Mm -hmm. we Yeah, the ERs usually have like a triage system of, you know, whatever is going on, they'll have a higher level, um, you know, and, and those definitely, you know, get seen, yeah. you know, priority. I mean, you're going to get put, if there's a room open, they're going to put you back in there. But right. unfortunately, if, yeah. because there is such a misuse of emergency rooms. Especially since COVID, it became out of control. Oh, you don't even want to get me started on the changes in <laughs> medicine since it, COVID. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, we, may, we actually will probably do an episode about that coming I'm up. Sure because it has, will. because I worked before COVID and uh, so did she mm -hmm. and saw how things changed after that. And it, it is, it got ridiculous. It, it is. It, yeah. It's a little bit crazy right now, but I think we'll yeah. get back to where. I think we already kind of, yeah, it's kind of slowly getting there, bit, which is know? good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, because there is such a misuse of emergency rooms and that's everywhere. That's not yeah. just where we're located. That, oh yeah. That that's countrywide. Um, and I get it when you're, when you're not feeling good, you don't care about anybody else, but yourself or if your child, yeah. we get that. And, and here's the thing. If you truly feel like you need an ambulance and you need an emergency room, call us, go up. Do not hesitate. If oh. you truly feel like you need that, 
do it. Yeah, we're not trying to get you to not call them. No, I, I promise no, 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 you no. that. But, you know, just maybe a thought process, you know, I mean, you know. It, yeah, you it, hurt your shoulder three days ago. Probably not life-threatening. A cough for a week, you know. Um, your child having a hundred and five hundred six fever. Get your kid to the emergency room. Don't wait, because that's you having a hundred and five oh, yeah. fever. Get yourself to the emergency room. That's yeah. you know, but having a fever of a hundred, hundred and one, maybe no. for no. If no, just go, go if it lasts for more than a couple of days, yeah. that's probably then a good time to check out. Your body's had enough time to try and fight it off. Obviously, there's something keeping it from it. So you might need some medical assistance right. at that time. Yeah. So we just, you know, we just kind of want to share and, and what we see out there. Um, I, we're not going to fix the world's problems. I get no, that. No. But, you know, if you, maybe if you have a little more knowledge about how the system works from, you know, the EMS service to the ER to the hospital room yeah. or ICU, all of that, you know, maybe if you have a little more understanding how it works, yeah, then, you know, maybe, you know, we might, I don't know. Yeah. And those, Help I mean, the world a little yeah. Bit. And those hospitals, they're big. They have a lot of rooms, but you also have to stop and think one rooms can fill up easy. But two, you have to stop and think about staffing. That is a big issue as well. And that is where I, my, you know, I said my job was more administrative. Mm -hmm. That's what I deal a lot with now is, yes, I understand that, you know, you, you want to have a patient up there. I do not have staff to take care of that. You can't, um, you can't have one person trying to take care of seven people. That is not good patient care. Things are going to fall through the cracks. So there's a ratio that you have to have. A nurse can only have so many patients at once you know, and they have to think about that. So they may have 20 rooms available, but if they only have four nurses, yeah, there's going to be some of those rooms that aren't going to be utilized. Although, and I don't want to be one of those nurses that, you know, <laughs> I say back in the day, and because some of our younger nurses, when we do say that, they were like, I know, back in the day, but it happens in EMS too. It, You'll hear you people know, like back in the day, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, the most I've ever taken care of is I had 16 patients one night. Um, I was charged. It was me and another nurse. And you know, the med surge floor was surgical trauma. We mm -hmm. got really sick patients, um, not ICU sick, but still, you know, yeah. Um, started out 13 patients. She had 12. We got five admits. I took three of them and she took two. And yes, I sat down and cried in the morning because I had charted nothing. I had not looked at Mars. Um, it was definitely a moment, but it's not safe, but it, it can be done yeah. if need be. But yeah, but it's, 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 times were different back then. I understand. Yeah. But also it's, it shouldn't be done unless it absolutely has to be done. Right, absolutely. And so that is that is also another difference. They they have waiting rooms that they can put a patient in. We don't. We get a call. We have to come. Yeah. We show up. We have to come. And at the end of the day, we can't refuse you. You say, I want to go to the hospital. I am legally required to take you to the hospital. Like we said before, it would be neglect and abandonment if I didn't. 
even if you have nothing wrong with you, I am legally required to take you to the hospital. So when you have a lot of people doing that, that I can't refuse you, even though I know that there are six calls holding, which means that there are six people calling for 911, but no ambulances for them because we're all on another call. Even though I know that you do not need to go to the hospital and you do not need to go by ambulance, I can't refuse you. I have to take you. And there are instances where you know your body. There have been a lot of times where at initial look, like, oh, this person doesn't need to go to the amp by ambulance. But then I'm listening more. I'm like, okay, okay, well, maybe you do. You know your body. You know if something is truly wrong. So that's why I said that if you truly need us, call us. We will be there. We will help. We're not trying to, to shame you or anything like that. But then also understand that there are better uses of your time and our time saving you from waiting for hours and hours and allowing us to help those people who actually need us. So just keep that in mind as well. And also keep in mind that yeah, emergency rooms, they can't do anything past saving your life. They, after that, you have to go to your primary care doctor. We would have patients who would come in over and over and over for treatment of the same thing where it's like, well, have you seen your doctor about this? No. That's, that's the problem. They are the ones who are going to continue care. Emergency rooms can start treating something. Your primary care has to continue it. And there are so many people who use emergency rooms as the primary care. If you do not have a primary care doctor, get one. It's easy. You don't ever even have to see them. Get one. So that if you do have a problem, you can go to them. You have somebody there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what insurance, if you have insurance or don't have insurance. There are a lot of doctors that you can become an established patient with them without established patient with them without having to do much. Sometimes you don't even have to see them at all. You just have to tell them your medical history. Or if you do, it's just kind of like an orientation appointment. And a lot of places, if you're self-pay, they will give you a massive discount. Um, yes, that's, that really surprised me with. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They'll give you like a lot of times if you're self-pay, they'll give you like an 80, 85% discount. Yeah. So you end up pretty much paying what your copay would be if you had insurance anyway. Oh, maybe less. I'm telling whenever, you. whenever you, whenever you actually, for the doctor's appointment itself. Now for any of the advanced stuff, surgery, all that stuff, it's not going to be quite as useful as insurance. But you can go to a doctor without breaking your bank. Yeah. It is possible. And it is possible to have a primary care without breaking the bank. Yeah. Just have them have them basically on retainer, you know, just so that you can contact them if you need to. So your your dad, you know, takes medicine for seizures. Mm -hmm. um, he sees his primary care physician only when they won't refill his medicine unless he goes see the doctor. Yep. So maybe once every year or so, he'll be like, yeah. okay, got to go see him before I get my medicine. Yep. But he's not sick. He right. never, he's never sick and mm -hmm. doesn't need that. Right. Um, so, you know, there comes a time probably at his age, he should probably go to see the doctor at least every six months. Since he's 25. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, if you, if you're a bit older, there's, you know, they say out there, 
you're this age, we advise going seeing your doctor this many times because there are a lot of things that they can catch. I remember one time I was with my dad and he asked me, he was like, well, if there's nothing wrong with me, why do I need to go to the hospital? Or why, why do I need to go to the doctors? And I said, well, okay, think about this. Think about you going to the doctor, you've had a sniffle past couple of days, you've been a little bit weak and your eye is twitching and you know, you've had a little bit back pain, you know, something kind of, you know, kind of like that. You go to the doctor, the doctor pieces all those together. And the doctor says, huh, let me check something out for you. Bam, they just caught stage one cancer early enough that they can treat it and get rid of it. That if you had not gone to the doctor until you needed it, you could have been untreatable. You know, that those things that there comes a time where you need to go to the doctor every now and then. The doctor now wants to see me twice a year. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to go every three months just because I'm in controlled substances for my ADHD. Yeah. They won't. I have to go every three months or else yeah. they won't give me any more medicine. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, um, it's well, though. So, yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think we kind of kind of went on a tangent. Went on many tangents yeah. there, but I think we still got the point across of. Yeah what we do and i think you have a little bit better of an idea of of what to expect when you call us or what we actually have to deal with out there so be a little bit nicer to your emts and paramedics and your nurses and also realize that ems are not paid well at at all which is baffling to me. We That's are paid. Yeah, a whole nother. <laughs> but whole nother we are paid episode. awful. Awful. You know, starting out, nurses are paid double what we are sometimes, you know, or at least one and a half times what we are starting out. Yeah. We are paid horrendously. So th- keep that in mind, too. You're. They definitely don't go in it for the medicine, just like police officers. Or for the money. Or that's what I, yeah. what I say. For the medicine. Oh, we go into medicine. it for, no, that's why we go into it. We get free medicine. No, 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 no. We go into it for the medicine. We yeah. truly care. Yes. We yeah. enjoy what we do. We want to help people. We care about people and we love medicine. That's mm-hmm. why we're doing it. We're not doing it to make money no. well, outside of surviving. We're not doing it to be yeah. rich. We're doing it because we have a passion and we have a calling. Yeah. Remember that we are here to help you. So make our job a little bit easier and help us sometimes. <laughs> All right. So that's it for this episode. Um, I'm not really sure what direction we're going to go next week. But yeah, so. I think I think we've kind of covered the, the our, jobs, our and jobs and kind of giving a insight on who we are, what we do, and how we're qualified to even do something like this. So now we can jump into ancient medicine. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> all right. So we, um, you know, we're, this is all new for us, but we do have a Facebook page, um, History of Medicine, Fact or Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we are in the works of getting a website set up. Yeah. Um, basically if, the same name. So yeah. we'll give you more information on that. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and if you have any comments, any suggestions, things that you like, things that you didn't like, you know, we love constructive criticism you know don't don't be a tool yeah but, <laughs> you know if if there's something that you didn't like let us know yeah. maybe it's something that we can fix because we want this to be successful and we want people to enjoy it right. so help us out by doing that help us out by leaving reviews uh that definitely does help to leaving reviews it helps people find us helps right 
let our uh, audience grow. And, and, and we're working on getting on um, other, um, not channels, but you know, other, really. yeah, other resources and other, we're working on getting into other media platforms. There you go. That's the word I needed. So, yeah. okay. So you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you next Tuesday. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.